Welcome to Equipped and Established, a podcast of Valley Bible Church where we seek to equip people with the Word of God to be established in the truth. Hey everyone, this is episode 7 of the Equipped and Established podcast. Thanks for listening. Today's episode is part of our Q&A series where we answer questions submitted by our listeners. This week we're looking at the topic of free will and how that relates to God's sovereignty and specifically in connection with our salvation. And so the question that was submitted was, how does free will factor into salvation even though God has chosen us before the foundation of the world? Now this is a great question. Again, another topic that uh, there has been so much uh, research done on this, so many books have been written um, about this very topic, all that. And so uh, we're going to dive into that here and try to take a look at how that works. How does free will balance with God choosing us in salvation? And so to start off here, uh, I wanted to just kind of look at what does the Bible say about kind of each of these parts? So there's the two parts here, right? There's the free will part and then also the God choosing us part. And so I just wanted to run through some passages to see, uh, to show how scripture deals with each of these sides. And then we'll kind of uh, come back around and connect how this all works. Okay. And so to start out here, we're going to look at uh, passages that support this idea of God choosing us, or even you could say he's elected us or predestined us, right? All those different terms are used throughout scripture to kind of capture that same idea that God in his plan has chosen some people for salvation. Okay. And so that can be captured in any of those words, right? That choosing, that election, that predestined, all that has that, those same kind of connotations here. And so kind of one of the main passages and kind of the passage that this question comes from and uses some of that terminology is found in Ephesians chapter one. And let's look at verses three through six of chapter one of Ephesians. It says, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly, in the heavenly places, even as he has chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. And so notice that, right? Hopefully you caught that phrase of that he has chose us in him before the foundation of the world, right? That God has chose believers in Christ before the foundation of the world. <clears throat> and it is in love he predestined us for adoptions as sons through Jesus Christ. And notice this is all according to the purpose of his will. So there is these fundamental truths that in God's sovereignty, he has chosen people before we contribute anything to this right? That it is he chose us before the foundation world, before we existed, and he predestined us not because we're so awesome or anything like that, or we've done so many good things, but rather it is solely according to the purpose of his will, okay? And then let's look at, we're going to look at a good amount of passages here to show that this is not just kind of one verse that we're building off of this on, Okay? And so just a few verses later in Ephesians chapter one, verse 11 also has this huge statement that Paul makes here where he says in him, so in Christ, we have obtained an inheritance having been predestined 
according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So again, you have this idea of we have been predestined, and it is not necessarily in anything we have done, but rather it is all the purpose of God who works all things according to the counsel of his will. He works all things according to his will. Okay? So we're starting to see that theme, this connection here. But again, is this just Ephesians or let's look at some other things. So Romans 8, 29 through 30, uh, it says, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. So again, see this idea, even in Romans, of those being predestined. Okay, believers being predestined. Romans 11, 5 through 6. So too at the present time there is a remnant chosen by grace. But if it is by grace, it is no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace would no longer be grace. So again, you see that there's this remnant, this chosen following of Christ, uh, especially in that context there of like uh, the Jew, the nation of Israel and everything. It says they are ch- they were chosen by grace. And so again, not according to works, but by grace they were chosen. And then you have a few passages that kind of refer to believers as chosen or elect or anything like that, or stuff like that, right? So like Romans 8.33, Paul states, who shall bring a charge against God's elect? Colossians 3.12, put on then as God's chosen ones. 1 Thessalonians 1.4, for we know, brothers, loved by God, that he has chosen you. 2 Timothy 2.10, therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect. Titus 1.1, Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, for the sake of the faith of God's elect. 1 Peter 1, 1 through 2, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles. And then lastly, 2 Peter 1, 10, Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. Okay, so why go through all that? That's to, again, show we're not basing this idea of God choosing us just off of kind of one verse. Okay, this is something that permeates scripture permeates the new testament especially and we saw it's not even just paul we see that even peter picking up this and so this is clearly uh, a strong doctrine and teaching of scripture that we have been chosen we have been predestined we are elect okay as believers and it is not on the basis of our works it is not on anything we have done but rather it is on the purpose of god's will Okay, that's what we see kind of confirmed in scripture here. Okay, so that's the one side. Now let's look at the other side, the the passages that would support free will. And this is a little trickier because there isn't like a passage that says, oh yes, everyone has free will and you are openly choosing this or that or you're choosing salvation, all that. Okay, so there's nothing clearly with that. But throughout scripture you see calls to believe or repent. So there's some sort of call to action, a call for you to do something, okay? Like, for example, like, if you think of, like, going kind of in order in Acts 16, where you have the story of the Philippian jailer, right, who uh, 
asks Paul, what must I do to be saved? And Paul doesn't say, well, it's God's plan. And so like you just sit there and eventually you're going to be saved. No, what's he say? Acts 16, 31, he says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. There's a call to believe. There's a call to respond. Okay. Then like Romans 10, 9, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Okay. Again, there's this action, this confessing with your mouth, believing in your heart. Then there's 2 Corinthians 5.20, the second part of that, where Paul writes to the Corinthians, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Okay, and so there's these calls to action. There's these calls to believe and repent. And so it isn't when we think of God choosing us of just, oh, we kind of sit back and somehow suddenly we're saved. Okay, There is this connection between somehow God has chosen, but at the same time, people respond. Okay, people exercise a kind of confession or they believe, they repent. There's an action kind of there. Okay, and so kind of you see those two sides. And so we're still left with, okay, well, how does that all work? How does free will then work with uh, God's choosing us in salvation? And so I think the answer lies in how you define free will. That is the key here, okay? Because when we think of free will, we like to think of it in the sense of, like, we are making an entirely free decision, okay? That there is nothing influencing it. It is all me. That is it, okay? That's kind of what we normally think of free will, But I don't know if that's really how we should view free will, okay? Because on the one hand, I think that's almost kind of impossible in one sense to like have to make a free will decision that where there's nothing kind of influencing your decision, okay? There's thousands of things that are happening in your life in this very moment that dictate some of the decisions you are making, okay? Whether we recognize the influence or not those things are happening. But how I would describe free will, right, is making a decision in which you don't feel any kind of pressure or coercion to choose a certain decision, okay? And essentially, it is in line with the person who is making the choice. It is in line with their kind of affections or what they would desire to do, okay? And so that's how I would kind of view this, okay? And so when we bring it back to this idea of kind of explaining this of salvation, when you come to salvation, even though God has chosen you, no one has felt, I don't think, right? Like no one has felt like this kind of train of thought of this feeling where they think, man, I really don't want to believe in God, but I feel like I have to. There's this kind of outside force, this external external force kind of pressuring me or coercing me into this decision to follow Jesus. Okay, that's not what happens. No, we, we recognize that we need a savior, we repent, we believe in him. And in that moment, we genuinely believe we're making that choice to follow Jesus because we want to. We desire to, okay? 
And, and kind of same on the flip side, there is no one out there that is like, I really want to follow Jesus. I want to surrender to him, but God won't let me essentially, right? Like God hasn't chosen me. And so I can't. Okay. That's not really the case either. All right. And so that's how I think you kind of marry these two different aspects of our free will and God's choosing us. Okay. That's how it works that God has chosen people and they, that guarantees they will come to faith at some point in their life. Okay. They will come to salvation. And when they do, it is still this free will, this free choice that they are making. Okay. Even though again, God has sovereignly ordained it, that they will come to salvation in that moment. They don't necessarily feel this pressure. They don't feel this coercion to make a choice, but rather they feel that what this is their choice. They're surrendering to God and believing in him. Okay. And so I think that is the key to understanding this. All right. And I think this again works with how scripture talks about everything. Okay. Because you kind of need, um, even when we think of free will, okay. If it, if it was just the free will in the sense of like, literally there is absolutely no kind of like influence. Okay. Um, scripture's clear. None of us would be saved. Right. Because what, like Ephesians two talks about, we are dead in our sin. Okay. We are dead in our sin. If someone is dead, they can't do anything that there, there is no way to bring yourself back to life. You are dead. Okay. Even in the old Testament, it uses an example of like, you have a heart of stone, a heart of stone means you're dead. Okay, and even in like Ezekiel, God talks about in context of like the new covenant that I'm going to replace that heart of stone with a new heart. Okay, one that like you would be alive then. Okay, and then even Romans 3 talks about that there is no one righteous and no one even seeks after God. Okay, and so left to ourselves, if it was literally just that free will where we mean in the sense of there is absolutely no causal effect, there is no um, influence at all, then what? None of us would be saved. Okay. But scripture is clear that God has chosen us and also works in our hearts to bring us to salvation. Okay. We see that also in Ephesians two, that it is by God's grace, that gift of salvation. Okay. That we have this faith. Okay, and so we need that. We need God at work. But even in that moment when God is at work calling us to himself, we don't feel, again, this kind of coercion. We don't feel this pressure of, I don't want to do this, but I have to. But instead, when God calls us, we instead respond with belief. We respond with repentance and we do so out of a heart that genuinely wants that. Okay. Making what we would say is a free choice. Okay. There is no pressure. We're not going against our own will or desires. This is what we want. And so in that sense, it is a free choice. Okay. 
And so hopefully that makes sense as we kind of wrap this up here. Hopefully that makes sense of how we can see this kind of correspond, this goes together to where when we talk about free will and God choosing, it isn't, it, it all kind of hinges on how you define free will. Okay. And if you define it kind of in the way that I've presented it here, that essentially free will, when we speak of that, a free will choice is just a choice that is not necessarily free from any influence or any causal effects, but rather it is free from any kind of external pressure or no, like a noticeable coercion, right? To where you feel that influence, you feel that pressure or force to choose something that goes against your desires, okay? That would not be the free will, right? And so if you kind of go along with what I'm saying, where it's something where it's a decision made with none of that external pressure in line with your desires, then that would be a free will choice, okay? And that totally lines up with how scripture describes it, of how we can have that call to repent. We can have that call to believe and yet still uphold the reality of a situation that God has chosen us before the foundation of the world. Okay. Hopefully that makes sense. Hopefully we're tracking here and hopefully that gives some insight into how free will factors into our salvation in light of God's sovereignty. Okay. So that's going to do it for today's episode and I look forward to answering more questions here in the new future. So I'll catch you all next time. Thank you.